<laughs> Three-year expired condom don't smell great. <laughs> what? I, I think it'll come through on the picture. I, I'm not positive, but it it, it might. Got to get the nipple up. Timer. Oh, good. All right. Two seconds. Two. Here we go. <laughs> Two seconds. And that's the sound of a picture being made. <laughs> Great. And you're going to keep that condom on your mic, right? No. No? Oh, oh this sounds pleasant. <laughs> you know what? You, sh- you, sh- you should leave that outside the door to Andy's bedroom and just and just leave it there. <laughs> when he comes home, you're like, what the? Yeah, but don't leave it at one. <laughs> Grab 17. <laughs> Yeah, really. It's been a while. <laughs> Let me get a mic check on you, gentlemen. God, they used to do that microphone college. check. Mic- microphone check. Oh, I, I missed that. Was it? I Mix. heard. Mix a little... Uh... Oh, shit. <laughs> I turned it up for condom use. About blew my brains out. <laughs> there's your there's your show title. Turn, turned it up for condom use. <laughs> uh, uh, they'd take a condom and put a little milk and uh, like egg... Mix it all up. Oh, that's gonna smell great. And then you just you just loop the condom over the doorknob, and so the guy's like, oh, oh. yeah, especially after five days. Yeah, well. <laughs> well, there's that cat that's always boots. That's boots. Boots. So he's the one that always wants to get hit when I'm leaving. Um, I'm sorry. Maybe, yeah. Like, to... Okay, so like when I'm is he an S and M cat? I don't know. I'm when I'm turn <laughs> when I'm going around the cul-de-sac. Uh huh. Most of the time he'll sit there and just wait till I'm gone, but occasionally he'll wait till I'm starting into the turn and then dart out in front of the car. Oh, ah. yeah, yeah, in, in front of the car, See, not behind the car. But I in like front the jackrabbits in Central yeah. Nevada, every Shh. single one of them. Jackrabbits in the Midwest. He's a bad influence. I don't yeah? want Kit knowing him. Ah, yeah, just because you don't want to learn behavior like yeah, that. No. Well, is he the one that that beat up? I don't Kit? think so. No? I've seen them playing in the backyard. Okay. It's that long-haired tortoise shell that sometimes is around. I think he's the one. I mean, that one's got some balls. He'll sit on the, the wall, and I'll open up the door and close it and stare at him on the porch, and he'll just stare at me, and I'll walk towards him, and he waits until I'm about three feet, and then he hisses at me, and it's like, fucker, you're on my property. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, that, chase that, him away. Yeah, that sounds like a candidate for beating up neighborhood yeah, kids. Yeah, I, I think I think that uh, he's the one. Get so. off my lawn. I'm on my lawn. Yeah. <laughs> the world is my lawn. Yeah, yeah, really. Welcome to Geek Shock number 536. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Condom K. And we're here to talk week and geek and through condoms because apparently we've gone mad. I'm I'm ribbed <laughs> Were for we your ever pleasure. truly sane, though? Uh, at the varying levels, sure. But. We, we've just taken the next step up, I see. Gotta fill the time, man. Gotta fill, fill the yeah time. You weren't gonna say fill the void. <laughs> That's uh, nope, nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
That's what Kirsten was thinking, though. No, that's what I got no, no. Todd, Todd's got story. it. He he knew where I was going. <laughs> so, gentlemen, what geeky things you do this week? I watched that that movie with Chris Hemsworth. No, uh, that movie. God damn it! I'm, I just totally that blanked. One. Extraction. Extraction. Um, that was written by the Russo brothers. Okay. Uh, not bad. Is this a new it's VOD a, release? It's a Netflix. Oh, okay, uh, a original. Netflix joint. Yeah, I watched it too uh, a while back. It's fun. And I also started to watch Hollywood, which is the new uh, limited series that they're doing. I only got one. Ep- I was going to watch a couple episodes before I came today, and I didn't get a chance. But uh, what's the? What's I only the, got one episode in. What is Hollywood about? It's basically about Hollywood in the 1940s. Oh, okay. Is it a, a story documentary? It's a it's a it's a story. Okay. Um, so limited series. I can't say too much about it because, like I said, I'm sure. only one one episode in, so I don't know what the whole overarching story is going to be. So far, uh, they've done a wonderful job with the the period costumes and vehicles and areas of and shooting in areas of L.A. that are still around from the 40s. Looks interesting. Like I said, I'm 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 not sure where it's going to go from here, but. Right. I've always loved that Hollywood in the 30s, 40s, 50s. The studio era. Yeah, exactly. I've been fascinated from about with it since you know I was in film school and L.A. Confidential came out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, I wish I knew more stories, but my grandmother moved to L.A. when she was 19. Oh, really? Um, and had described L.A. as being very different. Than yeah, I, I now, imagine. I imagine then, so. But. Uh, it's a it's an interesting story. She moved out there to help her sisters who were working in a hair salon. Okay. And I guess they had bought steak in this hair salon. And at some point in the next few years, my grandmother bought... It was a different time, Kirsten. No, I... You could, you could buy eggs, steak, <laughs> just, lettuce in a hair salon. They, they, they bought some steak. <laughs> Mom was like, hey, I'll stay out here. <laughs> at any rate, my grandmother ended up buying out her sisters and... You know, owned the whole thing by herself. Oh wow! In the forties, which I guess is a big deal. I didn't find out until she was in her eighties about this. Wow! Cool. But it was cool. She showed me a few pictures of oh. Hollywood in the forties and fifties. How I just fascinating! Thought that, I thought it was fascinating. And then my aunt told me a story about how she was fresh off the bus and uh, some guy approached her, and it was one of those stories where like. Could have been a leading up to a kidnapping, or could have been one of those. I can make you, you know, a star, kid. Yeah, exactly. Whether it was actually he was genuine and wanted to cast her in something, or wanted to kidnap her, but she ended up. Uh, I would say probably the latter. It's, walking away from the guy, and you know, it's Hollywood. It's crapshoots, <clears throat> but yeah, exactly. The latter. Well, but, it it can actually be both too. Yeah, sure. Sort of. I'll make you a star. You know, they the makes them a star for a, a short Weinstein time method. And then, yeah, <laughs> I'll kidnap you a star, Ooh. kid. Yeah. So you started watching Hollywood, but too early to tell. Yeah, too early to tell if it if it goes anywhere into that. I hope it goes into the kind of that dark side of the, the studio system because that is something that tep- typically gets glossed over sure. in a lot of movies because people just don't really know sure, all love, the shit that went yeah, on with the, that. A lot of things you see about the time is very uh, – it, it amps up the legend of it yeah. versus the reality. They touch yeah. a little bit on it in the uh, the movie Hail Caesar. Yeah, in Hollywoodland. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, Where you've got the, the fixers that yeah. keep the public image clean while basically fixing all the, the dirty work, uh, doing the dirty work of fixing up all the the things that all these different actors and producers and directors get themselves into. What, what happened to those days? <laughs> <laughs> 
too many people involved and to, <laughs> to to keep those kind of things secret anymore. Conspiracies don't work anymore. Nope. And yet not they're all when, over the place. Yes, they're all over the place. Not when you're in a connected world that have access to information at your fingertips. What else you do, guys? Watched more Bleach, which is we're coming up on the season five. Season arc. five. So about how many episodes in is that? This is one hundred five. That's uh, significant. Yep. That's uh, they're what half hour each. Thereabouts. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool. It's fun. I've been enjoying that, and it's uh, it's a fun ride. It, it's funny to think that it, you're so deep into it, and in some way, like certain relationships and stuff have not changed or gone anywhere or done anything. So. So there's that. I rewatched Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, which, ah. while not exactly geeky, it, it's something to watch because Oldman is phenomenal. I'll watch Gary <clears throat> Oldman in anything. Yeah, he is. That is. That may be his most controlled, restrained performance. <laughs> you don't get a lot of that he's from He's ever Oldman. done. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, he makes he makes Commissioner Gordon seem positively uh, boisterous. <laughs> uh, in this movie and it's just it's just and everybody's in it Colin Firth young Benedict Cumberbatch plenty of other faces you'd recognize it was it was actually Mark Strong so it's actually it, it was fun to re-watch and I it's funny because we're hitting that age and hitting that point in history where Cold War theory, thrillers are a fun period piece right <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know like uh, Atomic Bond, Blonde. Yeah. Love watching that because I just love looking at, you know, 70s and 80s uh, Berlin. <clears throat> that, yeah. You know, that whole thing is just... That that movie is amazing and it yeah. just totally is ideal uh, for demonstrating the kind of tensions that were going on in the 80s mm-hmm. that, that those of us that lived through it yeah. know, but when you're reading from a history book, you can't really... You can't really describe in detail. Yeah. And it's one thing to live it, and it's another thing to read about it. it. It's it's really sometimes it's hard to imagine that. Man, yeah, there are there are fucking thirty year olds. Yeah, who have no idea what the cold. They didn't live through the Cold War. Sure, they had no concept. And it, to think about that is just like it, it's fucking weird because you know. For us, that can cover, motherfucker. That was yeah. yeah the, that was the uh, that was what it was all about back then. It, it, fucking weird. So, but anyway, yeah, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. It's just it's al- it's also funny because it's all that pre pre internet stuff. It's sort of like when I watched uh, all the President's Men, and uh, you know he goes in the room with all the phone books. It's like wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Even for me, that's kind of reaching a point of alien. I mean, yeah, no, I, I remember reference libraries and stuff like sure. that. But um, I rewatched Seven. Oh, and and Seven, love a little Fincher. Yeah, pre, and once again, pre-internet, right? Uh, he's he's got to go to the to the library to do his own research, and then uh, he has to pay the sleazy FBI guy to make use of their computer. Base day, uh, database, which actually collates a lot of public library things and stuff like that. So it was just like, Jesus, that is totally, man, wow, has times changed? Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> I need to go back and try to watch uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy again. I, I tried to watch it one time when I was, 
I just got home from from work. It was on, and I started to watch it. But because oh, oh. yeah, start from the beginning. Yeah, and yeah, and and just and, well, no, and, it came on oh, okay. from the beginning. The okay. problem was I was tired, yeah. and because Ooh, it no. is a bit of a grind, I kept it dozing off. And I simmer. Yeah, it simmers the whole way. In fact, I know a few people who hate the movie because they're like, nothing happened. And it's like, well, it's the revelation of the. It's a historical i don't mind po- slow story. burns but i have yeah. to be wide awake yeah and i enjoyed watching it the second time through watching the, especially when no spoilers they do flashbacks oh, okay and they do flashbacks with no cue whatsoever you really you literally have to pay attention to the characters in scene c because d is a flashback but the way the expression on characters in scene c's face let you know it's a flashback and if if you miss that you're you're just like wait what the and that happened to me the first time i watched it i was like oh this is that kind of shit so because yeah you you get no clue so it can really just fuck with your head in that same vein of like cold where i was just thinking about it while while you were talking uh Tom Hanks and Bridge of Spies. That's Bridge of an, Spies. It's another really good Cold War era. Mark Ryland was cool. Once again, it's almost like the, the, the Cold War is this nice little, I mean, Atomic Blonde exception. Right. Otherwise, the Cold War is this nice little, this simmering underneath tension. You know, because Mark Ryland is, is similar to uh, Oldman in terms of just this utterly restrained, totally... Uh, controlled thing and and Hanks is it was interesting it was interesting especially the 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 that one moment uh, if they put me in the front seat I'm okay and if they put me in the back it's not okay and then he sees what seat he puts him in and he's just uh you know but it's a good and 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 the bits with uh, uh Gary Powers. Oh yeah, yeah you Francis, know. Francis Gary Powers. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. There's another footnote in history that people won't remember. Yeah, the yeah. U2 pilot that got shot down. U2 is an airplane for you young kids. Not yeah. just not just not just a band from Ireland. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder how much longer they're going to be able to do movies like that without it being. I mean, because because there are kids in their twenties that nah. don't know anything about it, you know. Uh, well, it's history. It, well, so what? We're not going to do Civil War movies, yeah. you well, know. You're not I mean, gonna, like I said, you, you know, you, you it it's you just need to make sure people know what time right. you're talking about. Sure, because it. I mean, it is. It'll blow your mind. I mean, I, I I I'm going back to it again. But when I was watching all the President's Men, I was like, Jesus Christ. It, it, it there 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 are a couple generations that would really have a hard time understanding what's the problem here yeah. because so much information is not at their fingertips and not to mention so much of what Nixon was busted for is kind of accepted as part of politics now right right and it's like why was that a crime and it's like it's always been a crime but yeah. here's what congress and so forth do to to mm-hmm. hide these things and then they don't get revealed till a president has been out of their presidency for yeah for and even decades then, all the president's men is close enough that they don't touch on a lot of things yeah like nixon had actually very popular support 
right up until finally a few fucking Republicans yep. in goddamn Congress had the stones to go, okay, shit, this is too much. Well, yeah, I mean, literally you know? it was it was right up near the end when he resigned that he had full support and mm-hmm. even the hearings it, this it's it, it's it's all addressed in that um that docuseries i talked about slow burn where still gonna watch like it. up until days before he resigned he had such support but then when things got published in the washington post and so forth that that were just <laughs> that were just ah, the good old days that were just too much to ignore these these committees that were basically ready to just exonerate him mm-hmm. couldn't because the public knew too much at that now, point. Now you could fucking light kittens on fire on a live feed, and it's it's you can they can ignore it. They can totally right. ignore it and not care. Yeah, on Fifth Avenue. Welcome to the twenty yeah. first century. Yeah, really. <laughs> Where nothing is out of bounds, apparently. Yeah, apparently. Um, uh, speaking of Cumberbatch, uh, I still oh. haven't watched this version yet, but the National Theater has put out their own YouTube channel where they're releasing full theatrical uh, runs of shows they've done in the past. Yeah. Mm. And the best version of Frankenstein I've ever seen, whether it's movie, uh, audio, reading, the theatrical version of Frankenstein starring Benedict Cumberbatch is the best Frankenstein I've ever seen. Yeah, him and uh, which Johnny Lee can, Miller. Yeah, which which do you prefer, him as Frankenstein or him as and a that's monster? That's it. what I was just going to ask. I don't have, they flip that role? They, they do, and okay. that's what was so exciting because uh, when I saw it, it was before they had that available. The only one I had available to me was where uh, Cumberbatch played Doctor Frankenstein. Okay, so I have not seen this switch role where he plays the monster. Uh, but both versions are available on YouTube Ooh. now. So Now I really do want to watch So, that. yes, National Theater is its own YouTube channel. Uh, they'll be releasing more shows as well, but this is kind of the, the salvo. I do love the uh, ad for that where they have the National Theater and the AT and Theater becomes the at and then the home underneath. So National Theater at home, the yeah. way they did that, it's, just, it's brilliant. And Stratford, uh, the uh, Stratford Shakespearean Festival out of Canada, has uh, they put this task forward started about a year ago i think where they were committing all of shakespeare's plays to film done theatrically in front of an audience but filmed professionally uh so that it it looks amazing for the home and they are releasing 12 of these over the next few months uh every week is a new one uh it's only going to be available for three weeks oh so if there's one you want to see you know get on it because it is time is limited Last week, that was King Lear, and it's an excellent version of King Lear. Uh, this week, they released Coriolanus. I'm about halfway through it, and uh, Coriolanus is not one of my favorite Shakespeare plays. I find it very dull overall. Uh, but the way that they have staged this is absolutely compelling. Uh, if And I, I say there's uh, a, a preview for each one of these, so it gives you a feel for what the direction is going to be like in the show, so you'll know in... 25 seconds whether it's something that's going to appeal to you or not uh but cory lane so far has been really impressive king lear was amazing but yeah i still haven't seen the frankenstein yet and i do want to see the one with cumberbatch that's as frankenstein yes yes indeed <laughs> indeed uh so but there's there's a lot of good good stuff on there i'm this last week uh what was it uh the one that uh, andrew lloyd weber has been doing each week this last week was kind of a celebration of weber music uh at uh 
uh, I can't remember which theater it was, but it's 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 the big filmed one that's like a little bit of each show kind of thing. Nice. And it, it's it's excellent. But the only thing is with uh, with that one, which is the shows must go on. That's the channel. Uh, the show is only available for 48 hours. So, yeah, Friday and Saturday, if you miss it, it's yeah. gone. Wow. That's so, that's rough. Uh, and they have announced what the next one is, so I don't even know if there is a next one at this point. But National Theater and the Stratford uh, Festival are doing gangbusters as far as getting this stuff out. So if you like theater, especially if you like Shakespeare, check Stratford. Also try to catch some other live stuff. Mystery Science Theater Live that was, was yesterday. Cool. Yep, that was so, cool. So did get to see that. They aired one of their first season yeah. episodes. What is it? Uh, Space Zero Mo- Two or something like Moon that? Zero, Moon Zero. Moon Two. Moon Zero Two or something Moon like Zero that. Two. That is it. It's an old, a old Hammer sci-fi film. Yeah. Wow. And it's awful. And of course. And there's no TV's Frank, too, because that, that threw me for, like for the first... Yes, it was back, yeah. back before... Uh, uh, sir, it was when uh, J. Elvis Weinstein yes. was the uh, sidekick to Dr. Forrester. Yep. Uh, Weinstein went on to write for The Simpsons. He left that show to write for The Simpsons. And that's when uh, TV's Frank came in. And Weinstein also was the voice of Servo at the time. Right. So that's when they brought in Murphy to do Servo as well. And uh, yeah, so it's a whole different voice. But what they did with this Mystery Science Theater Live was they showed this original episode in its entirety. And then they had the new cast of Mystery Science Theater yeah, Live, the touring, the cast. touring show, uh, riffing on that. Because yeah. the oldest episodes, that first season, there would be long spaces in between riffs. So you w- it wasn't like the flash of riffs that you got in the modern Mystery Science Theater. You get a joke, you'd wait a while, you get a joke, you'd yeah. wait a while. So there was room to put in more jokes. And that's what they did. And they made fun of Joel and and the bots of the time, too. So Yeah, and it's funny because the uh, Emily, was that her name? The, I believe so. Yeah. <laughs> she put, makes the point. Uh, she's like, wow, this is this episode's so old, Forster has to push his own button. Because <laughs> at, the, at the end, you know, instead of Frank pushing the button, he just reaches up, says nothing, just pushes the button, and it ends the... The broadcast in air quotes there. Now, if so. you did miss Mystery Science Theater Live, it is still out there on YouTube. Yes. You can watch it in its entirety. Yep. I believe it's going to stay there. I haven't seen anything about it being taken they down. They would have to take it down. But yeah, once the live has been um, performed, it records automatically and stays on YouTube unless whoever owns it decides to pull it down. In fact, speaking of live, I did a live Q&A yes, you this did. weekend. Uh-huh. You, you had, had, your, the, you uh, had the, the 80s Jeff show. Yes, How'd that uh, go? Yeah, it, it go? went well. I mean, it I seems only, to be well attended. Yeah, I, it, there were plenty of people. Thank you for all uh, popping in and asking questions because I only got two emails prior to because uh, I wanted to have if there were any, you know, things that people wanted to see, like any of my my collection of toys and collectibles, or if there were anything that I needed to do research see? on Mr. beforehand. No. But. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, there were there were uh, plenty of questions from the people who attended. So once again, thanks, thank you to everybody for uh, for dropping in and uh, asking Jeff your questions. To do. Yes, because <laughs> it was funny. Like that was a Saturday where I literally had nothing going on. There was like nothing I wanted to watch or nothing to do, and I was like, "Well, it's the perfect time to do it." So it's weird because. With the advent of DVR and recording of shows, right? Uh, I haven't had to be someplace at a specific time to watch something. Sure. And now all of a sudden I am in this 
new watch it live era of things happening. Ben folds every Saturday is doing a live concert from his apartment and it's all requests. So nice. that's happening every Saturday. This, I, I don't know if it dropped this week or I only noticed it this week, uh, but baby metal, that's the, uh, the Japanese yeah, yeah. heavy metal band that's fronted by the three cute girls, three young Japanese girls that are adorable and used to sing about adorable things. They got more metal over time. Uh, they released on YouTube for this, for the stay at home crowd, the entire show that they did, the end of their world tour in 2016, they ended in Tokyo and that's a hell of a show. Even if you're not in a baby metal, I recommend checking it out because they put on a spectacular show. And if you're in a metal, it's really good metal. It's just fronted by really cute Japanese voices. But uh, if you like baby metal, check it out. It's worthwhile. All of these like get-togethers and so forth that are being done live, I, I really appreciate them doing it because it's like getting to see casts of things that you fondly remember reuniting sometimes for the first time in, in a long time seeing each other. The Goonies one was phenomenal, but at the same time, I was pounding the sofa every time there was a cut because I could tell that there was more being said that was edited out. And I was like, God damn it, Josh Gad, stop editing this shit. I want to see the full un-cut. <laughs> Josh, you lost another fan. Oh, dear. Poor Josh. Because well, like, there's, a, there's a point where Sean Astin is talking and he's t- retelling a story and it just cuts while he's telling the story and goes to Gad asking another question of another cast member. And I'm like, I want to hear the rest of the story. So, wow. Um, but I guess they're doing Back to the Future coming up Okay, on mm-hmm. May 15th. I know who's they, not going to miss that. Yeah, mm-hmm. They keep teasing it with, uh, with bits, but I mean, it's like, come on. The things you're teasing, the way that you're teasing it, everybody knows. Like one of them, they just had a, a kind of just the flashing lights from the flux capacitor on a black background. And then the next one, they had just the the, the time circuits with the date displayed. So I don't think they're trying yeah. to keep it a secret. Yeah, I think they're trying no. to excite you, Jeff. Well, I don't know. It's <laughs> not, not, not much of a tease. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, speaking of live, uh, did the uh, Color Out of Space viewing. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. I popped um, in for that for a little yeah, bit. On uh, Thursday. I'm that, sad I had to miss that one. Yeah, I, act- I enjoyed that because I actually hadn't had a chance to see it, so it was my chance to watch it. How was it? It was, uh, I remember reading Color Out of Space, and it, uh, it was not... It's not the story, really. Oh, of course, that's that'd be hard to do a direct. <laughs> yeah. And Andy had a Andy had a, a bit of a difficult time with uh, with the uh, the movie. You know what? It was funny because he he kind of he kind of made a good point. We were five minutes into it, and he's like, "All right, already, this is awful." And it was just like, <laughs> "What? what the, there's nobody here I like. I don't like anybody. I I want them all to die." You know, and I was like, well, there's the dog. You know, the dog's going to buy it. He's like, man. Uh, and I was like, you know what? That's actually a good point because the formula of the dysfunctional get group of people going through some kind of trauma or something it is so ingrained in a lot of Hollywood writing that I think it was actually inappropriate for this movie. I think that if they had set them up as the Brady Bunch then what proceeded to happen would actually have more horror to it because this is like a functional, happy, good working family. Everyone loves each other and is, and is, you know, you can just have like little, maybe little bits of tension, but have everybody getting along. 
and somewhere then, along the tension of oh no greg as, turned my hair orange as it started yeah as it started disintegrating because they would play on nick cage going in and out of madness and he would sort of like he would suddenly snap and be this you know shitty bastard to his kids and then he'd go back to being a dad but the original dad is having a bit of a problem with his older daughter so he's just being a shittier version of that whereas if he you know if they'd been in a a good solid relationship and then a, they, you had these growing periods of him being an asshole and it was this was I was watching this and I'm thinking yeah they really missed the boat on that they it should because especially this movie goes to some body horror places and it goes to a really really awful body horror moment and and it's sort of like this could have been a lot worse if everybody if everything was functioning if everything was working when the movie started and i think the whole dysfunctional family you know dysfunctional whatever at the very beginning is so ingrained in hollywood now that totally they totally miss that and it's like no that's that's not the arc the arc is everything is wonderful and then it really starts going to shit do you so, think it was just because it's a it was a B movie production house that made I, this film yeah, that well, that they were just trying to make it? I think they were, it, I, or I, they were trying to follow the, I think the, the Hollywood formula too. I much think to the, the script it, they were doing a a, a paint by number script. Mm -hmm. You never know. Maybe I mean you never know with executive interference. Fuck, Nick Cage could have you know could have sat there and said we need some tension here or something you know I don't know this, I have I have no clue. Wasn't this directed by the same guy that did o Island of Dr. Moreau? And this went, is a Richard nuts. Stanley joint. Okay. It's his. It, it was so funny because at the end and I see his name scroll by. I'm like Richard the Richard Stanley, and I'm saying the <laughs> Richard Stanley like you know boom like, boom boom, <laughs> and uh, Jake was like. Yeah, Doctor Moreau, dude, right? And I'm like, it him, <laughs> and um, uh, who was it? Was it Patty? Oh shit, I forget who. Because one, one, Patty or Heidi, one person was just like, oh, I like Doctor Moreau, you know, and it, so that explains why I, I like this a little bit. It, it, it was, you know, it was B movie ish. I actually took it for what it was worth so okay. I, I was i was kind of more fine accepting with it. i made fun i definitely poked fun at stuff and that major that major revelation that i just i had while watching it that epiphany that andy sort of kicked off it was like it was because he was right you know i mean the the old yeah, who cares i mean it's not like super spoilery the the older daughter she's bored she wants to get out she wants to see the world but then they throw in this thing that mom has cancer, so she wants her mom to not have cancer, and and it's sort of like just just have her devoted to taking care of her mom, just have her devoted to taking care of her mom. Have the younger brother confused by the whole issue, or better yet, I mean, fuck it, get rid of the goddamn cancer. Why do you even need it? Make the fucking family just functioning. Is that for forced pathos? I yeah you know Probably. kind yeah right and it, it none of it none of it really meant anything you know they're they're in this this house they've got a nice plot of land by the lake they're raising alpacas because <laughs> you know alpacas the milk and must fur be, of the must future must be a Stanley joint <laughs> exactly right 
<laughs> right? So, you know, and it's like, hey, do that. Do that. He's raising alpacas and he's doing his thing. The mom is this big wig who keeps having trouble with the uh, wireless, uh, the Wi-Fi. Wireless. Like in 1940s World War II movie. <laughs> the, the Wi-Fi. Got a hold of right? on the wireless. You know, and she's, she's bitching about it. Right there's your tension right there. Well, I don't understand what's going wrong. You know, and it's because well, the meteor that fell in the fucking backyard, front yard, actually. So you know, it's it's like you could have had just have everything clicking along. It it's a it's a strange little life, but everybody loves each other. Everybody's getting along. It's all working. That makes it more of a tragedy when and it all then, falls apart. And then it starts coming apart. Right. And as I looked at that, I was like, don't have anything wrong. Don't have the daughter wishing she was out there in the world. Don't have the boy, fuck, I can't even remember what his problem was, you know? <laughs> it, it's just like, you know? It's like, and, and don't, don't have, don't give the mom a problem. Nothing. nothing. They, they made an illusion. I mean, there was a silly little illusion. At one point, they asked Nick Cage's character if he had been drinking when the meteor hit the lawn. And this is all local news type stuff so you get the feeling like oh you know this is like a story of the town don't even fucking have that have it be so that when things start going weird everyone's like what that family what what's going what you know there's a great scene where one of the family's animals is going down the running down the road in the middle of the night when the police pass it and the police are like Okay, and they turn on the lights and they, they rev up the engines and head down there because, uh, okay, something's going wrong. If the animal's running down the street, what the fuck? Or down the road, country road. And, you know, that I think would be an even better moment if the family was totally fucking working at the beginning. Because it's like, you know, ranch pet goes running down the street. If it's, if it's your typical dysfunctional family, well, here we go again, as opposed to what the fuck's going on. Right. So that was my general impression of it. So what's the Geek Shock movie this week? Jesus, did they decide yet? They must have. I, I haven't I, seen. I think it is. Masters of the Universe, right? <gasps> That's right. He-Man. Yes. Yeah. What, this Thursday? This Thursday. Yep. Uh, what time does it start? Do we... uh... <laughs> you, you can find the information yeah. on the Shock Monkey's Lair. I believe it, they go with 10 o'clock Central. Okay. And it always fucks my head up because I always do the time difference and then i tack central on it so i'm always like eight o'clock central so i got to be there at six andy and i both were sitting at six o'clock our time here staring at facebook going what the fuck jake and it, well they're not they're not on for another two hours and it took us a while to piece that out and realize that we were stupid so yeah, i only got to pop in for a few minutes because i was in the middle of a yeah. psych marathon and yeah. i was specifically head on pause uh, Psych the Musical, which is one that I had never got to see all the way through. And that's a brilliant show, brilliantly written, brilliantly acted. Uh, that whole cast is just amazing, great chemistry. It's fun, not too serious. So, yeah. Plus, Jeff got to say in the comments, well, um, that you know, I got to cut out now and go to Psych. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Psych, I love that show. I, I should say I rediscovered my love of that show because I hadn't watched it in quite a while. I do want to remind everybody, if you have cable, Creep Show uh, airs this week on Sci-Fi, the show that was made for the Shutter streaming service. Uh, particularly, the first episode is excellent, uh, so don't miss that one. That uh, has a story from Stephen King and a story from Josh Malaman. 
especially the one from Josh Malerman, uh, House of the Head. Don't miss it for that segment alone. It's worthwhile for that segment. And I, I do want to put uh, thank you, everybody, who's shown interest in the Twitch channel that I started up. Uh, I've run into a bit of a snag. So a lot of you have asked questions like, what's going on? Um, for a long time, the, st- I, the stuff that I use my computer for hasn't needed a lot of graphical power. Ah, yes. So I'm still using, as I built my computer, that had an onboard graphics chip on the micro on the motherboard. Isn't, isn't that motherboard like almost ten years old now? Probably at this point. So, uh, so it works fine for me because that's all the games I use for my computer. I play Minecraft. That doesn't take a lot of processing power either version. And, I, and then I play like board games and strategy games, turn-based stuff, st- stuff that doesn't need a lot of power. And the stuff that I do that I do need graphical power for, I get it for the PlayStation, and so I can play it on a bigger TV and uh, a bigger, grander experience. So I've been fine with that dichotomy. However, uh, when I turn on the uh, Twitch streaming to stream something, uh, yeah, apparently my computer cannot do that. Uh, <laughs> I start dropping frames by the thousands. It's oh wow, yeah, it, it gets gross. That bad. Everything just gets gross. It's uh, it, the game becomes unplayable, unwatchable, so it just can't be streamed. So uh, I do have to just break down and get a graphics card for my computer to do this. Uh, and, if you're and gonna I, invest that much money, you might as well just start from scratch. Uh, I'm investing 150 bucks in a card, I, I don't need a lot. I was gonna say, typically, you can get a, a full fledged. Decent PC for five six hundred bucks. So if you're hundred fifty uh, in, I don't have well, five six hundred bucks. I have hundred fifty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, do you even have the hundred and fifty? Yeah, I don't have a job. I just, I've got I the money I've got. Uh, so I, I can I can probably spare that. So I'll, I'll be look. I'm looking into that. I've got a few cards. I got to make sure that they are compatible with what I do have. Thankfully, I built my computer to be with components that were stronger than I needed at the time. So like my computer wattage, the energy going into it, I can definitely run a, a decent card. I just got to make sure I have the pin count that can plug in to a modern card. But yeah, so that's why the streaming hasn't happened. Uh, the only streaming I can do currently is from my PlayStation 4. And I honestly, with things going on this week, I was not able to get do that so we'll see some jackbox games in the near future but unfortunately no minecraft although i have been playing my share of that both oh yeah both in barry's uh version (laughs) and in addy's although usually i log into addy's like really late at night and he's on the east coast so when i log on there's maybe one other person on there on a server (laughs) that can handle up to 70 people Mm -hmm. and so i know there's multiple people playing on that server so when i go on i'm playing by myself a lot um, uh, Barry's thing. I, I was very nice this week. <laughs> I didn't bother him. Oh, uh, but I relatively did, speaking, <laughs> I did, however, uh, hook up all of our bases in the Nether. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with that, Minecraft, sounds painful, right? Uh, the Nether is another dimension of Minecraft. It's basically hell. You create a portal, you go to hell. But when you move in the Nether. Uh, you move eight bl- for every one block you move. You move eight blocks in the overworld, so it's a great way of going across a lot of land quickly. So I built up bridges to my base, Deb's base, Barry's base, so that we could go to each other's places really, really easy. So, so that it's not going to lead to any shenanigans or anything. I just wanted to be nice. 
Of uh-huh. course, of so, course. So I'm very nice and, and neighborly. That's what I'm I'm doing. Yes, neighborly. Yes. No. I'm not buying this. Are you good? Kirsten? Good. No. What? <laughs> they, they, that's the phrase. Uh, good nethers make good neighbors. Yes. So, yes. Um, <laughs> won't, Jeff won't you be? Head. Won't you be my nether? Absolutely. <laughs> won't you be? Um, dude, I love the clip you showed of the snowman just <laughs> that running. was pretty good. That was great. That was great. That was fun to do. Now, now you you we get wonderful details of what happens to Barry, but we haven't heard any tales of revenge. I haven't seen any revenge. Oh. In fact, I went on to record it. I like uh, there was a few days. I'm like, I'm sure Barry has done something in this time. So literally, I hit record because I can still record uh, video footage and then post that. So that my computer has no problem with that. I just can't stream it while doing it. And so I hit record expecting, so you will see it as I see it. So I pushed record and I walked around my base, out front, out down the, in like the nooks and crannies, looking for stuff. And I'm like, well, this was a pointless video. <laughs> <laughs> Which it really turned out to be pointless because wow. I forgot to turn on my microphone. So it was a silent, <laughs> silent video that I narrated all the way through and through. Because yeah. I'm like, I'll, I might as well show you my base. And it was just, yeah. And, uh, and apparently I did the Charlie Chaplin version. That is funny. Well. I'm learning still. I am learning. Either either Barry is... Uh, is Biding uh, his time. Yeah. Or uh, he's he's just, he's getting old. And he's failing us. And and you know what? I will say uh, that I sacrificed in this whole nether thing because not only that, I had to, there's been a problem with Deb's portal to the nether where whenever she leaves it, she go, ends up in my base instead of her own because our portals, again, everything is closer to each other than nether. Eight blocks equals one block. So the nether where they put her portal if you equate where she is at, she is over a lake of lava. So they, so when she built her nether portal and it put her in the nether, it put her up and away toward my base. So whenever you go into her nether portal, it goes to my base instead because it's closer to that in the overworld. So I had to take apart her thing and then get one that's closer to hers so that she wouldn't have that problem anymore. But in doing so, I had to create a nether new nether portals to find out if it was close enough and at one point it created a cave under the ocean and i went upwards and i drowned (laughs) so my first and only death in minecraft on this server happened because i was trying to hook us up in the nether and i ended up drowning in the ocean yeah barry's probably planning yet another overly elaborate overly elaborate easily escapable (laughs) (laughs) revenge plot yeah really (laughs) It, that's, that's that's the fun of Minecraft, though. Just the little things you do to pick at each other. Oh God, yeah. I mean, anything else you do this week, guys? Sure, there was, but nothing is coming to mind right now. Yeah, really. Yeah, in that case, let's do some news you don't give a shit about. Wow, it's, it's getting worse every week. Oh, okay. every week. I Andy, like come one. home. I like that one. That that why why did you like that? One? Because it didn't hurt my ears, <laughs> and it wasn't overdone. Wasn't overproduced. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, 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 when when Andy would first do it, and he would just do the, ah, it was it was amusing. But now this this long now he's extended, trying to one up himself every week. Exactly, and Andy one upping himself is 
<laughs> diminishing that's just returns. A, a, a feedback <laughs> loop of diminishing returns. And it ends up with condoms outside the door, and it's all. Yeah, really. <laughs> News you don't give a shit about. Twilight fans will be able to return to Sparkletown with Stephanie Meyer's upcoming companion novel to her hit Supernatural Love series. Titled Midnight Sun, the Twilight book will retell the story of Edward and Bella's romance, this time through Edward's eyes. Because Midnight Star was taken, right? You can read all about it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Midnight Sun goes on sale Tuesday, August 4th. So when this Twilight, you've been wanting more? Here it comes. Have a good time. Sort of. So is it Midnight Star? I don't want to know. I don't want to know. <laughs> Midnight Sun, I don't want to know. Midnight I don't Sun, yeah, I don't yeah. want to know. I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know. And he will appreciate that reference. Okay, Probably. <laughs> In about three weeks when he finally <laughs> He gets caught up. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a busy man right now. Stra- what is it called? Strawberry Tour or something like that? The, strawberry, the Delightful Strawberry Tour. Strawberry Delight. I still want him to explain where he got that name. Oh, do don't, you? don't, don't do, <laughs> do it. You? Don't do it. Really? <laughs> no, Brian, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, record it, Andy, live on on Shock Monkey's Lair. There yeah, go, go out into some field somewhere <laughs> and record it again, like you. <laughs> he's are just. Want to he's do. been waiting all this time for one of us to ask. Uh-huh. There you go. And then there it was. Well, it's official now. We've asked. He'll have his own Facebook Live Q and A. News you don't give a shit about. Sylvester Stallone's and Wesley Snipes' Demolition Man is getting a sequel. Demolition Man 2. Electric Boogaloo. Yes. (laughs) Stallone broke the news while answering fan questions about the film. A sequel to the sci-fi hit had already been planned once. It was starring Meryl Streep as Stallone's character's daughter. Now a different story is in the works. Wait, what? Yeah, what? what? Originally, the the in the, th- the sequel plan was going to hire Meryl Streep to play his daughter. Yeah, because you know he's the time goes forward. Oh, 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 time! I forgot about time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Thank he's you. in the future. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, Whoops! Thought thought out in the future. <laughs> uh, quote: We're working on it right now with Warner Brothers, and it's looking fantastic. I'm trying to get it. I should do his. Voice. I don't know what you're trying to do. It's looking yeah. fantastic. I can't do it. I can do it. Uh, Stallone said, so that should come out. That's going to happen, unquote. Uh, the sequel to Demolition Man, as near future antics, wasn't the only genre news Stallone had to break. He also has been working on an adaptation of James Byron Huggins' sci-fi novel Hunter since he bought the rights back in 2009. And now it looks like that will be coming to the screen. Hunter is the story of a tracker tasked with finding and stopping a rampaging half-human mutant manufactured by a rogue agency. No timelines have been announced for either project. So that's Stallone's part. No, yes. I, I don't I, No, of course not. Rats. I think that'd be yes, cool. You know, Stallone's going to be the hero for that. It he, would be cool. It'd be a nice little switcheroo. Well, yeah. Where's his Terminator? I know he hates being compared, <laughs> but still. Uh, I like that movie. I like Terminator? Demolition Man. Oh, okay. <laughs> Demolition Man, it's one of my guilty pleasures. Yeah. Every time it's on, I just watch what? it. Who? Yeah. No, that's a fun movie. It's fun. Let's it's, go lick his ass. <laughs> I can barely remember it. He really matched his meat. He really <laughs> licked, met his match and kicked kicked his ass. <laughs> yeah. And the the thing the the the, scene, the moment the moment that's that killed me is when he 
did the string of curses. Yeah. And it's just bing, bing, giving him yep. all the tickets. And then he picks them up and he's in, I've got to go bathroom. And <laughs> I'll be in the bathroom. I just And that's when I just fucking died. I, I love the character names in there too because there's such, such deep dive into, mm. you know, f- future imperfect type settings for, you know, the fish out of water, you know, like Lenina Huxley. I mean, come on. <laughs> you know, Huxley, the author, and then the character Lenina from, you know, Brave New World. So, I mean, and, and it's loaded. It's just one example. It's just loaded with stuff like that. I so. can barely remember that movie. No? That's, really? I, I haven't seen it since it was on the theater, and I saw it once. Well, uh, well really? you know, yeah. why bother, Jeff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> He's he's got he's got movies to not watch and yeah. DVDs to collect and never and never view Kindles so, you know. to purchase and yep. okay man. what what are you trying to say no. <laughs> it's, it's funny he's got the perfect amount of time to finally watch those things he's never got to watch no and he's it's still no, not doing it it's a great. live live show got to do the live show yeah I, I I got this whenever I need it the live show's gonna stop. Yeah, <laughs> that's, I got this whenever I need it. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> if if this isn't the time that he's gonna need it, I can't wait oh, to see what it geez. is that he's really waiting for. Oh, should, I should I should interject. <laughs> what what I mean, other apocalyptic event? <laughs> <laughs> the way I see it, I still got time because my furlough is gonna last for another few so months. Your 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 very own Twilight Zone episode is gonna be you know everything is gone to shit. You're there, you pop in your DVD, and then the power goes out completely. You're like, no, finally enough time. No. Books. No. He, it, Jeff, yeah. he's going to be, finally, enough time. And then he's going to go fuck up a model. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's, 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 I finally have time to read. And he's going to oh. watch all his DVDs. Oh. I finally have time to watch my DVDs. And he's going to pick up a book. You, it. Whatever it is, it'll be something else. You know, it's it's just oh, oh, yeah. Because oh, he just said it. The power goes out. He's like, oh, I got books. <laughs> I'm gonna film it sometime where he's sitting there. I was like, oh yeah, I've always wanted to watch that. And then he goes over to his table, and starts painting his mini. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It is how it goes. It is. It is. It is. I want to watch this today. An hour later. Oh, look that tank. That's just good. (laughs) Speaking of, I really haven't been bringing it on the show, but I have been painting. That has been happening. See. So, um, I still I'm working on that Enterprise Mm. uh, from from Matt, and I'm making headway. It's it's just so slow going uh, because I. There's some things on that ship can only be done with decal. Some of it I, I can paint and skip the decaling altogether, but there's a lot of decaling on there that cannot be skipped. And if you missed in the past, the decal sheet that came with this is uh, a broken mess. So if you just uh, wet it down and put it on there, it just breaks apart, shatters, basically, and be- makes the decal unusable. So what I have to do is I bought some decal creating solution for people that make their own decals for like 3D printing things. And I am covering the decal sheet as I cut each piece out with not one, but two coats of this. And each coat takes about 30 minutes to dry. Mm-hmm. And then I have to cut it out, apply the decal. And now because it is so thick, it takes ages for it to set and set properly. And so each decal takes me about a day. Uh, some decals, I can do two a day because I can do one on one piece and one on another. But yeah, so that's how slow going. So much so that I have taken on another project to paint 
while I'm doing the non-decal part while waiting for God things to dry. God forbid you should watch a movie or, you know, read a book <laughs> while it's drying. I, I, I meant to ask you that last time. Why haven't you looked into the decal sheets that you can run through like a laser printer or an inkjet printer? I know they're available. In fact, um, I just looked it up again to double check. I, I can't find it for this particular model. For some reason, there's there's companies that like a, do, fi- a file that you can print is what you're you're looking for, and then print it onto decal paper with my mm-hmm. shitty printer. I, okay. I don't trust it. Okay. I, the printer I have is a is low TPI when it comes down. It. Well, I got a laser printer. If you wanna, I can print stuff at, at up this, for at you. At this point, I, I'm down this road. Um, All right. Well, uh, let me so, know because <laughs> it's this. It's fine. Something is finally working because the things I was doing before it just was not working. Mm-hmm. And then finally, about the third decal I did this with, I found out the right formula to make it work. Oh, okay. So. It's taken time, and, uh, and Matt says he's in no hurry, so at this point it'll be done when it's done, but it's making slow but sure headway. And uh, when it's all done, it still should look pretty good because the decals, when they're on there and on there fine, they look good. Uh, they're the old, the, so the older pieces I'm going to have to paint over because they're shattered. Right. And so there's, there's pe- chunks that are missing and so on, but, but we're making it work. All right. So in the meantime, Dave Rader has hired me to paint a couple of minis for his Fallout board game. Ooh, nice. So I appreciate that, Dave Rader. Uh, uh, I quoted him a price, and then he gave me a tip on top of it. It was very generous. So thank you. I just want to say that again. Oh, well, what yeah. was the tip? A stock tip? or um, it's, Well, you had the condom out, so you kind of uh, had the that's whole true. thing. Out. Oh, you know what? Thanks for the tip. Let's uh, let's see if uh, there have been any reactions. <laughs> oh, Let, let's real, do real time. You've we'll, already we'll do a it? real time reaction audio, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, while you're looking at that, yeah. I, I oh, do the, the I do want to throw out there that the uh, Geek Shock Book Club uh, has chosen a book for May, and that book is On a Pale Horse by Piers Anthony. So that is the book for May. We on the eighth we'll start discussing it, or the discussions will be open at that point. Uh, so take your time. Uh, this will be the, I believe, the fourth time I've read this book in my life. Uh, I read it four years ago to revisit it, like just before we started this book club, I think, the year before that. And uh, But it's a story that I enjoy, so I don't mind revisiting it. In fact, uh, my revisiting it this time, this will be the second uh, most read book that I have. Wow. The I've read it five times. This will be four times. What have you for, read? I'm, I'm just, well, I'm going to just drop this drink in your lap. Um, <laughs> well, you're down to the frozen bit, so, you know. Yeah, that's the best part. I get to throw it. Um, but it is good. In fact, uh, the opening sequence of On a Pale Horse is one of my favorite opening sequences of a book ever. Uh, there, there have been, back, uh, I th- first read it, I think, in high school, and... Uh, over time, it, the story's kind of lost its luster because it, I think it does appeal more to a high school mindset than an adult one. Sure. Uh, but that opening scene with the selling of the magical gems, I, I've always enjoyed that. So it's, when I think of how books open and my favorite openings, it is one of the best. Yeah, I've, uh, God, I, I have it. I've never read it. Oh, yeah? And of course, it's buried of course. In the, the room of burial. 
So I the, don't know. the room of holding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, good, good, uh, good term for it. And it's book so, one of the Incarnations of Immortality series. Right. Uh, it's it's kind of like the Sandman series from Neil Gaiman before there mm. was a Sandman series by Neil Gaiman. Basically, that interim of not quite gods, but demigods that have their own jobs to do to make sure that the world works right, and Satan tempting them, and God being indifferent for the most part, and. So I always liked that Satan angle of the trickery of old Nick kind of thing. So that really plays into it. I will say as a series, though, uh, it is diminishing returns as it goes on. Mm. The second book of time is pretty darn good. I've read that a couple times. Uh, the third one, I believe, is uh, that one's uh, Fate, I believe. And that one's still pretty decent. And then Mother Nature and but after that really then the then there's one for satan and there is one for god and and as you go they're just not as good but that first one is a hell of a first read it's a lot of fun and the first book i ever read that is a combination of magic and sci-fi where a world that exists with both a little bit of each Mm -hmm. so science and magic existing science yeah so that was my introduction as a as a youngster to that idea and it's it plays fast and loose with it, but that's kind of the nature of that story. So you either go with it or you don't. Yeah. All right. So there's that interlude. We just don't give a shit about. <laughs> Boy, that picture. The picture looks bad. Does it? Yeah, it's gotten quite a few responses. Yeah, but the, the, just the just the way the picture shows up. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize Carl stopped though. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Don't call him Big Black for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, uh, yeah. So Matt's, uh, Matt wins the, uh, Matt wins the, the comment, caption, comment caption prize, contest. The caption contest. Yeah. Yeah. The, just B. Arthur. Just the condoms, Rose. Condoms, condoms. That was good. Very nice. So, yep. News you don't give a shit about. Sony Pictures is building their own Marvel movie universe with the Spider-Man characters that they have the rights to. Uh, Tom Hardy's Venom movie launched the universe, and that's being followed with the Morbius film and then the Venom sequel, Let There Be Carnage. They've got other films in the works as well, such as Silver and Black and Craven the Hunter. Uh, Spider-Man will appear one day in this universe. Lots of fans have been calling this uh, cinematic universe the Spider-Verse. IGN recently reached out to the studio and received some clarification on the name. Uh, The Spider-Man Cinematic Universe is officially called Sony Pictures Universe of Marvel Characters, or Spunk. (laughs) Spunk. Spunk. S-P-U-M-C. Spunk. Wow. Good job, sir. In Swedish, that means quality. (laughs) It does. That's not like an Ikea bench. I I really want to know how long does that movie rights deal with Sony last? I think it's one of those things that's in in perpetuity. perpetuity. Yes. As long as they do a movie, the option is open. Yeah. They made the, yeah. Marvel made bad decisions in the nineties. Yes, they did. That, that, that whole, if you, if you don't move on it for, you know, in X number of years, it reverts back. Well, that's how they it's, lost Daredevil. And, oh, it's um, such a hideous fucking clause. Oh, it's yeah. like yeah. you, you re- that that's also the clause that fucks over uh, Alan Moore on Watchmen. 
Because it was like, when it goes out of print for X number of years, then we get it back. And, well, they just made sure it never goes out of print. Yeah. Although I guess there's another clause in there, too. Like, if Sony Pictures ever gets sold, it automatically goes back to Marvel. So... <laughs> yeah. So Sony's got to be hoping and praying they don't ever get bought by another company. It's going to be quiet and let me let oh. me write again. <laughs> this this got to happen again. <laughs> not not going to cover. Sorry, I, 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 was, I got I got then. an emergency. I was going to uh, do the I was going to do the uh, the Andy dead air dead air dead air dead air. But I know you don't like that. No, so I, was, I hate it. I, was, <laughs> I, I would rather be filled in with actual entertainment. Well, I was trying to think of something else to say. <laughs> Because I had made my, I had made my comment, and uh, you know, there we go. Oh, crap! If only you'd have made a comment. <laughs> <laughs> I got a pee. How does it? Does that help fill the void? How about we do weekend geek? Oh, okay. Is, uh, At least this is filled with music. I, that's, you know, oh, okay. Dun, 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 dun. Not yours. The, dun, dun, dun. the real oh, music. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that, well, that's bad. My music would be, you know. <laughs> yes, it would. It absolutely. I did would. that. I, I I actually got laughs from the gang uh, during our D and D game, because uh, my uh, half orc fighter, who got a new magic maul, big giant hammer, ah. you know, and it adds. Is it a dark maul? Ah, uh, boy. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. Um, and look at him. Look at him. He, Jeff, he, Jeff he's, loves it. He's, Jeff yes, loves yes. It. He's mad. He didn't say it. <laughs> And it's apropos, given it's, for us, May the 4th. That's so. true. That's right. Happy Star Wars Day. Dun, that was your Star Wars dun, joke. Dun, 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 dun. Yep. So, and, uh, yeah. I'll give you a Star Wars joke. It's called The Rise of Skywalker. Oh. Ooh. I was going to say uh, Todd got a rise out of me. But um, but it, it, anyway, he's he's bound up in, in the spider web. He got restrained by a spider, and we're fighting spiders. And the... The gnome ranger got bound up too, and she did her strength check to burst from the the webbing, and she did. Ah. She was like, "I take inspiration from Crush, and I just rah, crushes my half orc fighter." And so my uh, half orc fighter, when his turn comes up, I'm like, "Okay, I take inspiration from Flick, who's the gnome ranger," and I'm like, "In the power of Flick," and I and I roll a one. Ah. So I was just like, gig, 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 gig. <laughs> and it just brought the house down. Fart jokes. They Yay. always work. They win. They always work. So I didn't want to do this in news you don't give a shit about because uh, we did receive some physical mail this week. Ah, physical mail. A, a card, if you will. We always give a shit about these. We do. Absolutely. And and this one is a- It looks uh, like it's a shoebox greeting. It's a sh- not only a shoebox <laughs> greeting- but it is a created one. Uh-oh. You can invent it. So it was what? Uh, it was created through and through. So this is the uh, stuffed Cthulhu that uh, ah mini Cthulhu that, that Jake uh, yeah wheels yes. around with him whenever that, he goes uh, to cons. William Shatner was get that fucking thing away from me. <laughs> yes, that mini C. So at the bottom mini it says C. this too shall pass. Sub creatures of the coven called Geek Shock. My advocate states you're being held captive against your will for long periods of time of isolation. Stay sane, sub-creatures. At least wait till my next arrival. Then let the madness unleash. Mini C and his humble advocate, Jake. That's a sweet card, Mini C and Jake. Thank you so very much. Golly gee. He's got Mini C right on the front, too. Yeah, that's very good. Thank you, Jake. And very neat handwriting. Very, very sweet. It's it's printed as part of the creation of the card. Yeah. 
That's oh, wow. That's I sort think of, you can create your own online now, and then they'll yeah. like they'll ship it and everything. Yeah, yeah. I think that's which, exactly which is, what this yeah. is. Wow! So, so awesome, Jake. Thank you, nice. you Rock. That's, Thank you, Jake. That's, I might start doing stuff like that too, because I'm terrible about picking out cards for people. Yeah, for things, and then that's a great idea. It touches us in the black condom coated microphone. Yes. Yeah. Well, the, the the microphone's black, not the condom. Oh. Although, actually, you know what? That might be. Was well, it got to be that a black be, condom, man? That that might be an end around. That might be a, a reach around. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I gotta go pee. <laughs> I believe you said he had to go pee. <laughs> <laughs> A television reboot slash revival of Battlestar Galactica that's currently in the works at Peacock, that's NBC Universal's new streaming service, has hired Assassin's Creed screenwriter Michael Leslie. He is set to create, write, and executive produce the series alongside Mr. Robot creator Sam Esmail. The original Battlestar Galactica, Battlestar Galactica, ran on ABC for a single season between 1978 and 79. Created by Glenn Larson, the show centered on a group of humans struggling to survive after a deadly war with the robotic Cylons. It briefly returned for 10 extra episodes in Galactica 1980. Mm-hmm. And Ronald D. Moore brought the show back in 2003 with a three-hour miniseries which spawned an acclaimed new show that ran on Sci-Fi for 76 episodes across four seasons. A prequel spinoff, Caprica, ran for one season in 2010. So here's a whole new reboot on Peacock. Uh, by the Assassin Creed screenwriter, uh, which yeah. we haven't seen that Assassin's Creed movie nope. yet, so we can't say if that's a good thing or not. That's why this is so close to news you don't give a shit about, because I'm like, I don't know. Is this a good thing or not? Wait, is this the new Assassin's Creed or the one that had, um, uh, what's his name? Oh, shit, that came out. Yeah. Pff, fuck me, I forgot it existed. I thought it was still happening. Wow. Uh, God, what, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, he played Magneto in the newer version of yeah. X-Men. Why is my mind drawing? It must be a great movie then. For oh, us it's, it's horrible. <laughs> it's, I, I saw 30 minutes of it and I'm like, done. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty bad. So, uh, maybe not in the best hands? Uh, well, you know, Mr. It, Robot, yes, producer. Yes. That, that's an amazing show. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think it needs to be remade again. Sure. Re- rebooted for a second time. This is a, I uh, think you have two push. really strong series as they are. Why you would need to do it again. Um, I, right. I just don't know. There's it, The problem I'm having with a lot of these streaming services is like there's one, maybe two properties on each one that I would like to see. And that's it. And that's it. And I don't necessarily need a whole month subscription just to watch the one thing i want in fact uh, I, was, I was talking about psych earlier um peacock when it's coming up there was a uh, a second psych movie that they just did okay uh, or i should say they, they made it they shot it last year it was originally supposed to go to usa network and uh it, which is also owned by nbc universal and then they suddenly, or Comcast, NBC, Universal, however they're calling themselves now. I think they're calling it the Spider Universe of Sony Pictures Universe of, of Cinema. Anyway. It's, they're calling it Spunk, uh, uh, Jeff. I guess at the last minute, they decided to put it on Peacock now. So 
if I want to watch this movie, which I've been waiting for for a while, it's now going to be this summer on Peacock. And that's just one example. I sure. mean, you know, amazing stories I was excited about. And Apple Plus. Apple, Apple Plus, uh, you know, et cetera. So it's just like, it's, it's really frustrating because you're like, this looks really cool. I really want to check this out. Oh, it's on this streaming service now. Sure. And you know what? I'm actually running into a bit of a, a problem now because I, I have an iPad. Mm-hmm. And that iPad is really, really old, really old, over 10 years old, this iPad. I think it's an iPad 2, if that tells you anything. Yeah, you have had it for a while. Ages. You? And you know what? Because I've, it's been a good product. This thing has never broken down, and it's done what I've needed it to do until recently. Uh-oh. What happened? Um, now all these things are going to uh, the most that... Apple II iPads can do is iOS 9, like like 9.6, I think. Uh, Now a lot of things are insisting on having at least iOS 10 or further. Right. But the thing is, a lot of these are programs that I have been using for ages, Mm -hmm. like YouTube and Twitch. And uh, uh, for example, I have been playing uh, Marvel Puzzle Quest daily. Yes. For years. For nigh on a decade. <laughs> yes. I, I, I love the game. It's a great little thing I can play and listen to the news at the same time, so I kind of do it both at once. Uh, but they recently updated to iOS 10, mm-hmm. and so now I can no longer play what? Marvel Puzzle Quest. So it's a game I've been playing for 10 years, and then all of a sudden I can't play it because they switched it out of, out of nowhere. Bastards. Right? And, you know, I, I haven't spent money on it in ages, but I've probably spent some, like, 20 bucks on it total of my life. Yeah, so I'm probably like, got well, your money's worth. I've definitely got my money's worth, but I'm like, <laughs> but, I, but I can't play it now. Yeah. And, and that's not something I really run into with, like, PC gaming. It's like, once yeah. you play a game, they don't update it so you can, I'm sorry, this game now only works on Windows 11. It well, doesn't work on 10 anymore. Yeah, they have. I mean, there are certain nah, things that really. won't run on Windows 10. I, I mean, that, sure, but that's usually like a new game. It's not like yeah. they update the game. It's like, I'm sorry, it doesn't work on... Y- your computer's too old to play this game you've always played. And that doesn't happen. Yeah. So so this is kind of a new thing for me. So, for example, uh, Disney Plus. I can't run Disney Plus on it. You need at least iOS 10 uh-huh. to even download it. Wow, what a... <clears throat> wow. So it's so it's it's they're trying to force my hand into buying a new one, but I I'm oh, still I, mean, I can still use the web version of these things like Twitch and YouTube on well, it. With Disney so, Plus you can you can always uh put it on your phone and then Chromecast. You know, you still have the Oh no, no. I I, I I've got it on I've, I use it on the PlayStation 4. It's not like I don't oh, okay. have access to it. Oh, okay. That's but, why I thought you were But saying. I like to watch things and go to sleep sure. and I have the pad next to me for that reason. Right. And so it limits those options, which are kind of stupid because these are things that should be able to work on it, but don't yeah. for uh, for some weird reason that I can only speculate on. I got an app a reason for you, Apple. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I've I've considered looking another one, but if you know fact, if, I, if I can spend one hundred and fifty on a uh, graphics card, I certainly can't spend five hundred dollars on a moderately improved iPad. They've gotten in trouble for that in the past where they're forcing people to upgrade because things that they had purchased are no longer working. That well, should be. Well, yeah, and I'm not sure well, why. I don't think you, yeah. Yeah, they haven't gotten in enough trouble, obviously, because no. it's happening. They've, well, got, they've got more money than they know what to do And the government's with. very forgiving of uh, 
yeah. corporate assholery. Since you know. when? Yeah, really. Hasbro and Paramount have hired Toy Story 4 Oscar-winning director Josh Cooley to helm a Transformers animated prequel film. I heard that. The theatrical feature will take place on Cybertron and focus on the relationship between Optimus Prime and Megatron. <laughs> what a great sentence. <laughs> Aren't they also rebooting G.I. Joe with Paramount again? Uh, I I don't know about a full-on reboot. I know they're doing the Snake Eyes movie. Okay. Uh, but I know they're working yeah. on some G.I. No, Joe. I don't it, know if it's a reboot or what it is. No, it, uh, the G.I. Joe, um, it's... Uh, it it goes far enough back. It's focusing on the relationship between Joe and Action Man. Oh, damn. Damn. <laughs> Very nice. Very Thank nice. you. Thank you. Uh, the prequel will stand apart from previously released live-action Transformers films like 2018's Bumblebee. The animated film is rumored to be an origin story, though not many more details are known at this time. News of the animated prequel is only one part of how Transformers is expanding. Earlier this year, Variety reported on Paramount's work on at least two future Transformer scripts, one from James Vanderbilt, who did Zodiac, and the other by Joby Harold, who did Edge of Tomorrow. In addition to numerous feature film-length projects, there's a lot happening on the shorter-length animation side as well. In February, Netflix released the trailer for its upcoming anime series, Transformers War for Cybertron Trilogy Siege. That's one whole thing. Uh, the anime follows the legendary conflict between the Autobots and the Decepticons on Cybertron as they seek the source of the Elspark. If you don't know Transformers, that was just gibbly goop garbage. While there's no official release date, the Netflix series is expected to be released sometime this year. All right. Well, the Zodiac and uh, <clears throat> uh, uh, Edge of Tomorrow. That's live, the, live, die, repeat. Yeah. Yep. That's uh, pedigree. Yeah, so they've, they've got good writers. Yes. Uh, let's hope that can translate into good Transformer movies for once. I guess Bumblebee <laughs> wasn't bad. Bumblebee was actually pretty good, I, I have to admit. Um, I went into it, obviously, with an open mind, because I was just like, well, it can't be any worse than the, the Bay films. That doesn't sound like an open mind. <laughs> <laughs> Which is ironic, because every I, I said that with many of the Bay films. I'm like, well, can't get any worse than this one. And then the next Oops. the next year, I would be corrected once again. Um, but yeah, uh, if they could continue on doing stories like they did with Bumblebee, where there's actually some substance and some character development. <laughs> Wait, what are you laughing at? It's that's true. Oh, it's there's, there's it's none of that in the 2020. In the, just and no couldn't get any weirder. Oh yes, it can. Let's start uttering these sentences. Yep. You, you can't have a movie without uh, cyber testicles, so I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Uh, the CEO. Mm. First Star Wars movie post Rise of Skywalker will be directed by Taika Watiti. That was announced today. He really is Hollywood's new it he person, is. isn't he? He's he's Thor Ragnarok did Gangbusters yep. and Jojo Rabbit won an Oscar. Yeah. He's so oh, he's he's a darling on both sides. He's also penning the screenplay with uh, Christy Wilson Carnes, uh, Sam Mendes' fellow writer on the Oscar-winning 1917. Uh, she also wrote, co-wrote the script for Edgar Wright's upcoming Last Night in Soho. Watiti, of course, directed and starred in the first season of Jon Favreau's The Mandalorian on Disney+. On the show, he played IG-11. Watiti is the director of Thor Ragnarok and recently won his very first Octor... 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 
Are we Otter. at a minute, an hour he, 40? He won, his, he won his first Otter uh, for adapting <laughs> the screenplay of Jojo Rabbit. I, it, it's it's a shame Paul's not here because his new character, the Octor. Oh, that would have yeah. just you know <laughs> the Otter Doctor, yeah. and has to be have a bronze statue. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say the the Oscar Doctor, you know. uh, and of course he's helming uh, Thor: Love and Thunder coming up as well. <laughs> Love and thunder. So yeah, Taika Waititi is uh, he's a, a name I like to hear attached to things. So indeed, knowing that the next Star Wars movie will be his, great. I'm all for it. There you go. It's it's the all female Star Wars movie, right? That the, uh, no, the, that's the Disney Plus show. That so the, that's a whole different thing. The fucking pandemic is uh, excited about. <laughs> I'm excited. Pandemic. Pandemic. I'm, I'm interested to see where they go with Star Wars from here because uh, now that we've wrapped up the sure the Skywalker yeah, saga, but uh, what now at this point it's confusing. What thing is true? Is it everybody yeah. can have the Force or potential to be? Born with the Force, or you can only get it by having a, a space royal blood. Because uh, I'm based on the last two movies, I don't know anymore. Well, I, I, I love I think... how J.J. Abrams says that nothing in Rise of Skywalker contradicts what happened in. Uh, there you go. You know, the Last Jedi. Right Yet there. tells you right there. The whole movie basically does that. But <laughs> whatever. Um, <clears throat> That's the Sith. That's yeah. the Sith working, Jeff. Yeah. You can't let them mind fuck you There's like that. There's only two of them. Just ignore it. It's two voices. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> except, except for the army except, of them at the except end. Except for the... the oh, yeah. man. <laughs> I, I do love the fanboys losing their freaking minds this weekend, though. Uh, oh, what did, it, what did I miss? So it was revealed that Galaxy's Edge was originally supposed to be Tatooine and not a completely original planet Batu. Okay. As the storyline went and have more of a original trilogy <laughs> theming and feel. Are they are and, they lamenting what they lost? And apparently and that that was what the Imagineers had envisioned and apparently uh Bob Iger and uh, Kathleen Kennedy said, "Well, there's more Star Wars movies ahead than there are behind." Yes. So we should come up with something original and something unique so that, you that's know, smart. not just a niche thing that's going to only appeal to people that are in their 50s. And I thought that's that's brilliant. And the fanboys are losing their freaking minds. He's like, you've alienated yet another fan of Star Wars. <laughs> that's right. I'm, just, I'm like, All oh, those my fucking under God. 50s, uh, <laughs> under 50 fanboys who are alienated because they're not being treated over 50 because they... Uh, I just I I I was I I knew it was going to happen, but at the same time, I was amazed at the responses. I'm they, just like, I'm like, come on, dude. Those <laughs> those douchebags have hit the point of. It's sort of like when people talk about Doctor Strange and the Ancient One. There's no winning. It doesn't matter what you do, yep. you're gonna get fucked. <laughs> they could sit there, and George Lucas could come back. And 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 do and and do yet another do yet another Mark Hamill Star Wars and and those guys will go oh great it's gonna be like the prequels with 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 you know Mark Hamill on a walker you know, they will find a reason to be pissed they're just they're just huge assholes and it's really funny because I totally believe that some of that shit. I think I, I honestly do believe some of that shit comes from Ivan, and it's like the 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 little troll farm 
in the suburbs of Moscow sends out a little something to just get those shits agitated. Could be. And, that, and they, they in, spin off the rack. That in aggro stuff leads to clicks, and clicks yeah. leads to potential income. Yeah, those, those. I mean, those fuckers, it's, it's, they're, they're, the shit that pops up, it's just, and now they're, now they're, they're doing, you know, oh, the latest Marvel blowback, the latest, you know, DC yeah. blowback. Sure, and, and, and I get it. Not everything appeals to everybody, and some people legitimately hate it for legitimate reasons to their own opinion. Fine, and I get it. But to create an industry of hate on something like that is, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, and I, I mean, the, the, I think those guys are beyond contempt. The thing yeah. that really pisses me off is, is they're, oh, they're alienating the real fans. Yeah. Fuck your ass. Yeah. Fuck you guys. And it's, and, and it's like they can't seem to realize there are more fans outside of their demographic yes. than are in their demographic. Yeah. So the, quote, real fans that they're talking about are a small, small Which, piece of Which, of course, of is the part end. of their yeah. identity. Yes. Because it's like, we're the ones who really understand Star Wars. We're the That's ones like, that, that nurtured and cultivated yeah. it and it's blah, blah, blah. And, and like, most no, of those didn't. fuckers weren't even alive yeah. when the first Star Wars came out. You know, sure. So I really rankle. Yeah. at that because it's like I saw it in the theaters when it first came out so fuck you guys with your real fan shit <laughs> up yours and I'm it, sitting there thinking about it too when I'm what you know when shut I up was, Todd yeah <laughs> sorry no, no, sorry really you go ahead you, you got it go I was ahead. just like Galaxy's Edge you know having been there now I think it's great the way it is it's a much more it feels like it would be a much more immersive experience that you're on this this planet than it would be if you'd centered it on Tatooine because Tatooine be is disappointed a, Tatooine be, is a desert planet I'd There's be disappointed to hear it was on Tatooine yeah it's like guys can we get away from guys, this a little put bit? it to yeah. bed I was disappointed. <laughs> When they went to tat, when uh, they they folded Tatooine, I was disappointed when they folded Tatooine <clears throat> into the prequels. Yeah, and that w at least was fucking logical. <laughs> but nevertheless, it, it it I did you know I did get kind of it was just like Tatooine. This, Star, the yeah. Star Wars world world completely this, exactly. this small sparsely populated yeah. planet is somehow the center of the. Star Wars Galaxy, come on! Yeah, it's not even, so. it, and it's on the fringes. So, right. whatever. I, Tom, I'm what happy do you with. Think? No, I was, I was just saying that. Just keep in mind, though, that these, this is a loud minority. Yeah, right. I know. It's a small It's it's the same amount of people that are going to the courthouse to protest right. uh, the shutting yeah. down of things. It's right. it's <laughs> the the armed insurrection. <laughs> they're loud. They're covered a lot, but that's very small amount of people and the percentage of people that agrees with them is very small yeah so it's the same thing in this yeah i just but they they get a lot of lot they of get a lot of airtime i mean and it I, makes it seem like know, it's bigger than it is right yeah, and that's I, exactly it because conflict leads to clicks or watches and sure. commercial time or whatever sure. so that's what it all is and that's what it is it's geek conflict and whatever side you're on it it will interest in you because you 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 agree and you're angry, or you disagree and you're angry, <laughs> and, and and I'm sorry, fandom and anger I don't think really goes in the same sentence. Right. I you can dislike something, but I don't see how far you can dislike something to be angry. <sighs> Fandemic is caused by fanger. Fanger. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's amazing. Yeah. Fanger. <clears throat> the fanger. <laughs> 
put it put it put it in the uh, urban dictionary there yeah, really. uh, professor biggs yeah really pandemic and fanger here i thought fanger was something you gave somebody in the south <laughs> <laughs> Or, or, or the Midwest. <laughs> I don't know how many times I've been given the fanger. <laughs> the the slow southern drawl of the people I grew up around. It's like, you're from freaking Kansas. You're not from the south. Yeah, really. That's, that's one of my favorite David Cross bits uh, in his stand-up. It's, it's part of his old stand-up. But, but his whole thing is like every part of America has its own dialect, but every part of America also has the Southern dialect. Yes. So I don't know what you're talking about. I am from Mississippi. This is how we talk in Mississippi. Well, I'm from Anchorage, Alaska, and this is how we talk in Anchorage, Alaska. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm from Bumtucky, Maine, and I'm Bumtucky, Maine. This is the way we talk. It's in America. Southern accent is everywhere. That's true. It's weird. That Southern drawl. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we lost some people this week as well, and so I always want to cover this just to uh, to honor their names and what they've done. Uh, this week we lost Irfan uh, Khan, actor, died at the age of 53. Khan began acting in India, where he became a notable Bollywood star before making his jump to international projects. He joined Marvel Universe in The Amazing Spider-Man in 2012, where he played Dr. Ratha, the boss of Kurt Connors. A Jurassic World in 2015 saw Khan take up the role of Simon Masrani, the helicopter-flying business mogul who purchased John Hammond's InGen and took over as owner of the Dinosaur Park. The actor's other genre credits include Ang Lee's Life of Pi and Ron Howard's Inferno. We also lost Rob Gibbs, a veteran Pixar story artist, animator, and director who worked on some of the Cartoon Studios' biggest movie hits, like Monsters, Inc., and shows like Cars, Toon, Tales from Radiator Springs. He was 55. Uh, Early on, he served as story artist for Toy Story 2, Monsters, Inc., WALL-E, and Up. He did some storyboarding as well on Finding Nemo and served as animator on Brave, Monsters University, Halloween TV special, Toy Story of Terror, Inside Out, Incredibles 2, and last month's Onward. But Gibbs was also a writer and director as well, who headed up much of Pixar's television output. The animator also helmed an episode of Disney Plus's upcoming streaming service, uh, streaming series Monsters at Work, a show set in Monsters, Inc. universe that sets premiere next spring. And Gibbs was about to make his feature directing debut, taking reins of a German-based movie brat's pictures, Hump. The film, which is in pre-production, has a voice cast including Simon Pegg, Glenn Mazzaro, and Rami Youssef. Uh, follows a wide-eyed camel who goes on epic adventures with a sly desert fox and a mistrusting goat across the Arabian desert in order to find his best friend. I'm in. I'm oh, in with that. said epic adventures. It sounded like you said effing adventures. Well, that like, too. What? <laughs> well, it is called Hump. Okay. <laughs> so it makes sense. <laughs> Uh, Gibbs' other credits include Cool World, Brave Little Toaster to the Rescue, and Fantasia 2000. Oh, wow. Also, we lost Child Play co-screenwriter John Leifa. He's died. He was 63. He wrote the 1988 film The Blue Iguana, but his second film released that year was the infamous Child's Play, written along with Down Mancini and Tom Holland. Uh, Lafia went on to co-write and direct 1990 sequel Child's Play 2, he also directed several episodes of genre television, including Freddy's Nightmares, Dark Justice, Babylon 5, and The Dead Zone. So that's uh, 
who we I'm, I'm aware of that we lost this week. Uh, Sam Lloyd, who was uh, on Scrubs. Uh, oh, that's right. I missed uh, him on yeah, this list. Um, he passed away from cancer. Yeah. Um, Shoot. I can't uh, think the name of his character. He, he was he was the uh, the uh, the lawyer that was very unsure of himself. Yeah. Um, Ted, he was the the you know the lawyer for the hospital that frequently worked with Doctor Kelso, and, and was and then always I'm, the butt of many a joke and just and an amazing singer in that yes, barbershop that, quartet that's, that's on that show his his actual barbershop yes shop I was just going to say that that was that's my favorite parts of the show when he gets to uh, perform with his barbershop quartet because all four of them have amazing voices yes I don't even know how to feel. Um, at this point, because <clears throat> when you said he passed from cancer, mm-hmm. I quite literally was like, "Oh, thank me, thank God, it was cancer." <laughs> like it, it, at least it wasn't COVID, and it's just like, I, I don't even know what to think anymore. Yeah, you know, like Irfan Khan. Yeah, I, I believe the guy's younger than me. Yeah, he's in his uh, what's he's in his early fifties, right? Yes, I think I thought I read fifty three. Fifty three. Yeah. Fifty One year younger than me. Wow. You know, what did he die of? I, it, it's just like, oh, for fuck's sake. I don't it's, know, man. It's amazing the amount of things. Like when I read that and then you brought it up here, I was like, the, the number of things you've seen him in yeah. and just like, He's oh, a, that guy. And, and, that, and, you know, we're not even, we yeah. haven't even seen his Bollywood stuff. Which right, yeah, exactly. fucking insane. Uh, but there's so, you know, so many people are passing. Uh, the, the first first gentleman you read, um, I read, uh, I read that and I was just like, was it, was it, and now I'm just sort of, every time I see no bit, I'm like, was it COVID? Was it COVID? Sure. Did that happen? And, and literally be like, oh, thank God it wasn't COVID. And it's like, what the, <laughs> what, what, is, right. what is, what does that even mean? Yeah. Right. You know, dead is dead. The poor, poor person, the loved ones, their family, everyone, you know, they're all experiencing that, um, I don't know. This fucking year. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yep. What a year. God bless them all and, and may they rest in peace. It's Yeah. It's, it makes you wish you could just push the fast forward button oh, on what? on 2020, right? Yeah, right, but at the same time, I almost get a little nervous. Yeah. Like, you know, okay, we hit December 31st going into January 1st and we we what? We see the the burning horizon <laughs> and the ruins and the <laughs> I mean, you know, jeez. Uh, well, the atmosphere is on fire. So. Yeah, I mean, at, at this point, we're 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 like to- we talked about Cold War thrillers, right? We right. live next to a major air base. Yeah, and as a, at that point, uh, you know, that's like a secondary concern. Oh, we're, we're growing a, up in Wichita. a primary military target. Yeah, eh. growing up in Wichita, we were a primary target because yeah. there were nuclear missiles all over Kansas. Oh <laughs> yeah, you guys were. Jesus, yeah. you and it was, uh, it was like you and, and one of the Dakotas, was the, yeah. just like a fucking. It was like the worst, and uh, Arizona and Utah as well. But it's like one of the worst, uh, Arkansas. Uh, it's like Arkansas, the worst, yes. Like one of the worst kept secrets in Kansas. You know, the only thing you yeah. didn't know is the exact locations of the freaking missiles until they got decommissioned. But yeah. it's like we knew that you know we knew that they were nuclear missiles all over the state, and that uh, McConnell Air Force Base was a major center even though they would helicopter the actual missileers to the different locations right because sac was in omaha which is nebraska yeah. mm-hmm. so so at least you didn't have that well, hanging around your neck yeah, we right? had we had a sac division at mcconnell of air force base in right. wichita so. and, and arkansas 
It's like it, I yep. want I want I want the transcript for the the appropriations meeting where the where the Arkansas senator or House representatives guy was what just it, like we want we want missile bases in our in our state you know well, the whole can, can reason, you make sure you get some missile bases down there the, the basic reasoning behind it is you have a lot of unoccupied land that you could easily take over build sure without having to relocate populations or without having populations go hey what are you building over there well, I mean, <laughs> that's why because there there's a lot of parts of kansas that are unoccupied yeah. same thing with arkansas well same thing with it, arizona it, you know have you ever taken a good look at it in a nevada map yeah <laughs> and you look at the federal land oh yeah it's well, like nevada it's, it's most of it yes <laughs> they, well, they couldn't yes! they couldn't have built the missiles here because that's where they were testing them <laughs> right you know and but, <laughs> they were testing the warheads yeah but it's just like i was astounded one time when i looked at that because the first place i think of when i think of okay if it's not just generic state land it, uh i would think a native american reservation but th there there are a number of states where it's more than half the state is friggin' federal land. Sure. Yep. Blows my mind. Uh, do do they lease it? Do they I wonder wonder how the state does the state get a tax rebate? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. So nuclear missiles. <laughs> Speaking of nuclear missiles, the Game Awards executive producer Jeff Keeley has revealed a new gaming event aimed at giving fans and Game Studios, a place to come together over all the biggest trailers and announcements that'll be dropping over the summer. The inaugural Summer Game Fest, a slow-rolling online-only event set to unfold from May through August, is pledging an entire season of breaking news, in-game events, and free playable content, according to a press release that organizers sent out last week. Quote, designed from the ground up as a first-of-its-kind all-digital consumer celebration, Summer Game Fest is a multi-month global festival that highlights video games, the world's leading form of entertainment, the release says. Among the companies signed on to participate are 2K, Activision Publishing, Bandai Namco Entertainment, Bethesda Softworks, Blizzard Entertainment, Bungie, CD Projekt Red, Digital Extremes, EA, Microsoft, Private Division, Riot Games, Steam, Square Enix, Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment, and especially notable since they skipped E3 last year, Sony Interactive Entertainment. Wow. So basically, E3 is being usurped uh, this summer by this well but it's a three month long thing but it's better than not having an e3 yeah absolutely or i mean better than having like a pseudo slap together e3 online kind of thing this seems much more organized sure so this is where we're going to get all of our yeah. big announcements uh, I, I imagine the really big ones of the new consoles that are coming out this right. fall that makes me wonder how We've got all these big releases coming up for the winter season, you know, for the Christmas, the holiday season, big purchasing rush. But with the way that the economy is going right now, with so many people being out of work, what that's going to look like. I read this an year. article where they were talking about that because they've got the uh, the console push in the holidays, yeah. but they're pushing back. Uh, releases of software, releases right. of games. So they're they're hitting this zone of game wins game coming out versus where where it relates to the consoles and 
and um, and the, the the gist of the article I read was uh, don't buy any games, just wait for the consoles to come out, and then get your games after the con- new consoles have come out. Yeah. And, you know, don't buy uh, Xbox One or uh, PS4 stuff. Sure, because because stuff's getting pushed back, and the consoles are supposed to be coming out. So just and both the new consoles are supposed to have backwards compatibility. Yeah, so. well, what, but although it's funny because that also flies in the conventional wisdom of wait at least a year before you get your console. Yeah, because stuff. Well, I, I don't I mean, think Jeff t- and I have ever waited a year when a console <laughs> came out. <laughs> uh, the Xbox One X is the only one I waited. Waited. I waited over a year for. And Actually, they, well, no, it was exactly a year because it was uh, it was the summer following. Yeah, it was a weird release. Yeah, uh, that year I, I kind of yeah. skipped Xbox One altogether. Well, I, I had bought the Xbox One, and you know, it just it did fine with the things that it had. But when it came down to it, the X was such a stronger console; it made everything better, yes. and, and then had the 4K support. So it's like, well. <laughs> I don't need my original one, so I I traded it in, and and I, I'm still working off my 360, <laughs> which sometimes when I turn it on to watch YouTube, YouTube just is like a bunch of black boxes with some letters underneath them, and I have to like shut it off and try again, or just go through my phone and Chromecast. I mean, part of the reason I Another like feeling. to I like to wait is because it you know. Or I should say that, that I would rather wait now is like about a year after the release, or sometimes even six months after the release, they'd knock like a hundred bucks off the console. Mm-hmm. So that's true. It's it's at this point in my life, it's not beneficial to be an early adopter. Sure, I. Uh, it it it's funny. for certain things. For certain things, right? It's funny too because I I mean it's the financial situation is still weird enough that I don't know when I'll get a console, but I'm still trying to figure out do I will I go PS five or Xbox Series One. What sure. will I do? Because I don't even, you know, I I was like, if I had had the cash like a year or two ago, I actually might have gotten a PS4. First time I went PlayStation in decades, as opposed to Xbox. Sure, but I don't know. Uh, at this point, though, I don't think we know enough to really make that decision. They yeah. they've said some things about the console technologically, but they haven't told us a lot still. Yeah. And so they haven't made an official full reveal like they sure. they usually they're, they're waiting around E3 time to do that. Right. So that's what this little summer fest is going to be for most likely. So we'll we'll have that information as to quite frankly, I don't know if one's going to actually be that much more powerful than the other by the sound of things. Yeah, they both are looking like nice, very powerful consoles, but... So it comes down to what exclusives you want. Yeah, but, well, that and and the legendary the legendary random updating of, of PlayStation. I mean, the you guys talking about the three or the four updating? The three. The three? The four that you don't you haven't had that issue. They've, they've four kind of... four has been pretty good as far as okay. updates go, but three was the one where we yeah there was the one where it was backwards compatible with all PS2 games, mm-hmm. and then they took that out of later ones. Yeah, so the mm. if you got the earlier PS3, if you liked backward compatibility, that was a better one than the later one. Right. So and so. then it, the other the, the the biggest problem I ever had with the PS3 was the. The software updates. The software yes, updates yeah. 
in most cases were mandatory. Like you would turn right. it on to want to play your game, right? And it would make you update the console. Like it a, wouldn't let you bypass. People it. would talk about I wanted to fire up my PS Later. to watch no, a DVD. Yep, and they had to sit there for three hours while it did I, that. I never had the three hours, but. I, the longest one I ever had with the PS3 was a half hour. It took a half hour to update. I've heard. Yeah, but we I, had but that plugged 15, into cable. Yeah. Internet, I had it into, so, the, into the Ethernet. So uh, if you didn't have a quick, if you had like a slow Wi-Fi, then yeah, yeah you could wait three hours. Yeah, because mm. that was like an old 54G, if yeah. I remember, modem that was built in on the Wi-Fi. Yeah. Cause it was Good freaking Lord. slow. Yeah. But it had a 10100 Ethernet right. port. Oh, well, so I you mean, plug yeah. that in and it's it's... If you know you got a fast enough connection, but, but yeah, yeah. If, you, if you want to watch a DVD, a half hour is a long time to wait. Yeah, you're that, that and, fucks and the, up your and the and the length of the time was mostly the actual updating. The download happened fairly quick, but it would go into this update yeah. mode, and it literally would be like, you know, you'd go watch TV for a little while, you'd switch over, and it's it's like fifty percent complete, and you yeah. come back and. That that half hour one was really that was bad. the one thing that put me off to even thinking about PlayStation because mm-hmm. actually I'm a Sony man, I would rather buy Sony than anything whether whether it's TV or you know like I I'm now a Samsung man, chiefly because I found out well actually a lot of Sony TVs are made by Samsung <laughs> so I'm yeah. sort of like okay I'll fucking <laughs> like Samsung, but you know I I grew up with Sony uh, music uh, and entertainment stuff my DVD player my Blu-ray player your my, Walkman yeah my uh, Walkman my uh, uh, VHS my VCR yep. you know it was it was all and uh, my uh, my alarm clock is is a Sony I'd rather be a Sony man but for a while there I was just like. What they're putting people through with the PS was yeah the PS3 was definitely the weaker system than the two. Didn't didn't you have some major issues with like games that were updating? Like uh, you'd pop in a a game and then it would have a required update. Sure. For the actual game itself, not the console, and it was taking like yes. hours sometimes. Yes. Yeah, that was well. I, I I yeah. It happens occasionally on the more modern consoles, but, but it's much quicker. Yeah. Uh, it's usually overall. Within, yeah, usually the new stuff it's over within ten minutes. Yeah. Uh, the, but I will say, if I ever get a disc in from GameFly, still subscribe to them. Right. I will pop it in and then go do something else when I get it. So it's all downloaded right. and updated <clears throat> by the time I want to play it. I, the the mandatory updating is is the thing I find that's so yeah. fucking well, irritating. I, I will say they did fix that in from PS3 to PS4. Yeah. PS4 does a lot of that stuff in the background when right. you have it in a low powered state. All that stuff is downloaded and applied in the low power state. So when you turn it on, it just tells you, oh, it updated while you were down. Yeah, that's actually Xbox cool. One did that too. Because it's uh, like I hear the same thing about like Windows. Yeah. In fact, uh, I think I told the story of I was proctoring once at Toro and some poor student got fucked because uh, they do everything on laptops now. And he came in and they buy their own school laptops. You know, it's part of your tuition. And this, this kid had opted for automatic updating and the fucker updated right oh. when the exam was beginning. Oh. And he actually, and Ouch. on top of that, it was a massive update. He oh. sat there for the whole two hour exam waiting for the update to complete. And, and I got extra time as Proctor because I sat with him, just him and me for two hours while he did the exam. Yeah. But it, it it yeah it just it just it was like no we're doing this right now fuck you I will say that 
Windows 10 has had some nasty updates lately. Yeah, I hear that complaint a lot. It's just just really long. And I can and I can tell when it's getting ready for one because things will start getting slow for no reason in the internet because mm. it's downloading stuff in the background while you're doing other things, oh, right. taking that. up internet bandwidth. I hate that. And so all of a sudden I'm like, this is slow for no reason. Windows must be doing some big update. Man, <laughs> Although the the two new modern consoles, the very first day you turn them on, yes, don't even plan on playing a game for right. about three or four hours. Yeah, yeah. this yeah. is the four That's, and the yeah the PS4 and the Xbox One. Yep. The very first day you plug it in, plan on about two or three hours to sure because that that sounds that sounds like a, even do that sounds like a get home and before you go to bed, set it up yeah. and then go to bed. Yep, yep, and you'll wake up to a whole fun day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Terry Pratchett's Discworld book series is getting adapted. The whole thing. Motive Pictures and Endeavor content will develop a number of absolutely faithful, quote-unquote, TV adaptations in tandem with the late author's production company, Narrativia. Oh, man. 41 Discworld novels were published between 1983 and 2015. The, the final installment, The Shepherd's Crown, was released several months after Pratchett's death in March of 2015. Known for their satiric tone, grand world-building, and famous literary influences, the books are set in a land that resides on the backs of four massive elephants. In turn, those pachyderms stand upon the back of an even bigger turtle, a Tuin, that glides through space. Uh, this new deal in place is unclear whether the BBC is still pursuing its own TV translation of the books. The eight-part project, titled The Watch, was first reported in the summer of 2018. Uh, had Adam Hug uh, Huggle... Uh, from Pennyworth, and Richard Dormer from Game of Thrones has joined the cast this last year. Uh, a feature-length animated adaptation of The Amazing Maurice and His Educated Rodents is also in development and scheduled for release in 2022. Uh, Good, Good Omens, the satirical novel Pratchett co-wrote with Neil Gaiman, became a series on Amazon in 2019. So, yeah, absolutely faithful Discworld book series adaptation. Yes, please. And that Very ought cool. to be nice and crazy. I haven't read them, but you've said nice things about them. I so. still remember when one time you, years and years ago, you brought up you brought up talking about Discworld and Ankh-More Pork, and, and Paul was just like, what? And he just lost his shit because he'd never heard of it. Ankh-More Pork. And we were working so hard to tell. This is the... Douglas Adams, a British fantasy dude. You've you've you got it, and that was where we had to go to get him to grasp. Yes, just what because Ankh Pork ruined oh, any, any chances it had with him. The show was over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are moments when Paul was in the show that if I knew if I said one thing, yeah, show's over. It We're just done. breaks his brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just it was, but yeah, yeah. It's just that'll be cool. And the watch. Uh, that's one of the ones people will say is a good start for uh, the for the books. Uh, there, there's a few books yeah, uh, about the watch. The watch. Um, okay, it's it's basically the men at arms that guard the city. Yeah. What is the? Is is there a specific? Is oh, a specific? I can't remember. Yeah. That and I believe Mort. Yeah, uh, Mort is uh, where is, I, is, I, is I pour people toward if they want to start reading right. it. Grab Mort. Yeah, Mort is a fantastic. I made them. Place to I, start. I grabbed Color of Magic because it's not a great place to start. And it was sort of like uh, this. Uh, it's the first book of the whole thing. Yeah, and shows its teeth. But the great thing about the whole Terry Pratchett series is there is really no place you should start. Right, right. They're you each 
begin and end in their own You're story. You're not going to hurt for chronology. Right. You yeah. might have characters that reappear, like Reince Wynn the wizard. Yeah. Uh, but you don't need to know that he will be well introduced in whatever story that he's needed for. And it's great to see these characters pop up again and again, uh, but they aren't necessarily informed from the story before. Their characters are the same, so you get the full sense of character building of story after story, mm-hmm. but it is certainly not necessary to enjoy a book in the series. So Discworld, yeah, start with Mort. And mm. there's other books, of, and Mort is basically the story of how somebody becomes deaf. Yeah. Mort, yeah. Mort, Mort. It's the on a pale horse of... Uh, well, you just did, you just did more, more, more. Onk, mort, pork. It's it. Yeah, it sounds like a mort for mort. Swedish chef wrote. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's uh, yeah. Hurdy, hurdy, Yeah, he's he's man. He's one that uh, I I I just periodically think about, and it's just like I, I'm sad that I'll never get to sit down and you know just talk to him. And he wrote a fantastic autobiography. Too. Mm-hmm. So if you really want to get to know the man, uh, read his autobiography. It's excellent. I uh, I can't, I don't know. It, I can't imagine because, you know, he knew, it, <clears throat> he saw it all coming. Mm-hmm. So he, yeah. he, when he was got the diagnosis of the, of Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's and uh, it, I, when you're a mind like that, I don't even, I don't, my dad, um, my, my my dad was artistic, and he he was, but he also did a lot of work with his hands. But he was he said the one thing he was terrified of uh, getting older was was starting to lose his mental faculties, and watching what some friends are going through with their their parents, and you 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 can feel for that. But when I think of uh, uh, of like Terry Pratchett. <clears throat> or a friend of mine, his father was an engineer, professor, worked for Boeing. And he, I think it might have been Lou Gehrig's, but his mind was totally there. But it was his body that when he said towards the end, his dad could only communicate by raising his index finger on one hand. That was it. And he said his mind was completely there. And it's just, I don't know. The Alzheimer's, that, the whole thing just... It's all terrible. Becomes it just it it becomes terrible to think about, and uh, for Terry Pratchett, I mean at least he did he handled it at least publicly remarkably. Yeah, his announcement and everything he did leading into it, even the way he took care of his family uh, and prepped uh, for after he was gone. So that was that was just amazing. I don't know how. I don't. I don't know how. I, if, if, I have, if I was faced for that, I don't know what. I, what the hell? I the solution is simple, gentlemen. Just let's not get old. <laughs> yeah, really. Just hope let, I die before I get let's old. Just stop it right <laughs> there. Let let Kit eat my face. Yes, and then um, we're done. Everyone wins. Kit wins. You win. There you go. <laughs> Andy loses. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because he doesn't get to eat your face. Yeah, I know. And he got to clean it up. Duncan ain't cleaning it. <laughs> I tell you that right now. Duncan, Duncan will look in my look in my room and look at Andy, and he'll be like, "Not my problem." <laughs> just close the door. Just <laughs> turn the fan on. Just, just go in his room. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what's your Ankh more pork? Write to us comments at uglycouchshow.com. 
And until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Lubricated K. And we'll talk to you next week. And geeks, stay safe out there. Please do. Please do. I know things are, some of you are opening up around you. Be real careful with it because this disease is still nasty. Don't let them fool you to the otherwise. Yeah. Does it, does it smell like a rotten egg is in here? No, why even farting? I'm smelling like sewage, like 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 a backed up sewer shit, line for a second. Shit. Is couple, that you? Couple the, of dude, times. those are those belches. That's oh, that not even that coming out of my ass. This, I literally thought this that your broken those, bathroom was. You no, this. you're having mouth farts, dude. This is this is that fucking uh, the, the, the potato eggs. salad that was made with the eggs, and it's just I'm still belching the fucking eggs. It was what was it 2014 or something? We had this. You were out- doing this since 2014? No. There was we had this outbreak of this stomach uh, bacteria or parasite or something that that bloated you, and you got severely bloated and you belched like the the sulfur the sulfurous uh, kind of ickiness. I got that and I remember it because it was right it was in when Caw closed when the one acrobat I think it was called the demon splurt killed. right. It, I don't know what the hell it was called, but it was funny Demon's because part. it coincided completely with that period, so I didn't need to take any sick days or anything, but it was one of the most uncomfortable things I ever went with because the distension in the belly from oh, the gases yeah. building up and then the relentless belching, it very quickly became unfunny to me Oh, I imagine. to sit there and just be belching away. And just all... Belgium's gross anyway. Oh, and all day today, it's just like, it's just, oh. And I keep I keep blowing it in a side, and I can I can taste it and smell it. And I'm like, oh, God, these guys must just be hating this. I thought it was just your broken bathroom. Oh, okay, well. Well, I know somebody who isn't properly socially distanced then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good.